Good morning. Welcome to Vision Connections 2021 and Tech Talk Live. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey Ballard. I'm the Director of Technology here at Vision Forward and joined by... Hi, I'm Luke Scriven. I am an Assistive Technology Specialist here at Vision Forward. And thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, we typically host a live session every other Thursday. But today is a little bit special. Today we are doing Vision Connections, a conference that we... Uh, present here uh, at Vision Forward. For those that might not be uh, super familiar with Vision Forward, we're a uh, local nonprofit here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We serve individuals who are blind and visually impaired. Our mission is to uh, in, uh, educate, empower, and enhance the lives of individuals impacted by vision loss through all of life's transitions. And that's part of why we're here today. Yeah. We are going to do three things today. Mm -hmm. We're going to empower. Yes. We're going to educate. Mm -hmm. And what's the what's the third one? Empower and educate and inform. Enhance. <laughs> enhance. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. We're going to do yes. all three of those <laughs> today. Yes, we are. Today's Vision Connections uh, is, is sponsored uh, and, and helped out through some of our donors that, that, uh, uh, that, that support our organization and our mission. And today's sponsors are? So uh, this event is being underwritten by the generosity of the Racine Community Foundation and the Irving L. Chortek Charitable Fund, which is in memory of Robert and Jenny Chortek, a donor-restricted fund of the Jewish Community Foundation. And we would like to thank them for uh, supporting us today for our event. And we're hoping that everybody joining us today is going to get a lot from it, including ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And we want to take a moment to thank everybody else that's that helps uh, vision forward and, and helps us move our mission forward and thank you for joining us today so today's uh let's go over kind of the the, the schedule for today so you know what you're you're getting into so we're going to start out this morning looking at applications for smartphones that can be both helpful in the workplace and also at home we'll be focusing a little more on the iphone but Everything we're talking about today really is uh, the same for, for iPhone and Android. And we'll talk about that more when we dive in. Then when we move to our 11 o'clock hour, we'll be doing our uh, Tech Talk Live session. And we're going to have a panel joining us. It's going to be myself and Luke. And then we have two special guests, Sam Seavey from The Blind Life and Peter Tusick from Humanware. And uh, we're going to be talking about how assistive technology created possibilities for us. Myself, Peter, and Sam are all uh, blind or visually impaired, and we use technology heavily, and it's really changed our lives. And we're going to talk about uh, how that technology has created possibilities for us. In fact, for, for you three, you all ended up working in the technology field, so... It re yeah, yeah, I mean, it really has changed it really our has, lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then at the noon hour, we're going to roll into a, a video about Vision Forward, the services that we provide. It's a really cool video that uh, we shot here. And Luke uh, actually did uh, the shooting, the editing, the rendering, and it really turned out awesome. And we want to thank you for that. So uh, if anybody doesn't like it, well, you can blame me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, about t probably 1230 or so, maybe a little bit for uh, a little bit before that, we're going to roll into some breakout sessions where you'll have the opportunity to disconnect from this webinar. And then we're going to move into some breakout rooms where you can actually uh, reach out and, uh, and talk to some of our staff members. But we'll talk more about that when we get to that point. Mm -hmm. So that is the agenda for today. Sounds like fun. And we're going to stick to it. Mm, right. That's the plan. All right. 
Are we ready to jump right into our first? Yeah, before topic? we do, I just oh, want to yeah. just oh, want to shout out that uh, if anybody has any questions or comments as we proceed, then we uh, we are very uh, open to uh, comments in the chat or the Q and A. Uh, we don't have any microphones, sadly, but um, go ahead and put them into the chat or the Q&A. We tend to answer questions as we go. Nothing too difficult, please. It's quite early in the morning. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, feel free to, uh, to type away into there. For individuals who are screen reader users and using Zoom, you can access the chat on Windows. It's Alt-H. That's going to bring up your chat window where you can both type in chats and review past chats. If you're on a Mac, it's Command-Shift-H, and that'll bring up the chat window as well. Um, like Luke said, please uh, add questions in as we go. We are uh, always happy to answer anything as we're moving forward. All right. I don't think we have any other housekeeping. I think that's I it, I don't right? believe so, yes. Yeah. So right. uh, I guess we can jump straight into this. Okay. All right. What All are right. we doing? Well, uh, we're going to start <laughs> off by uh, talking about the, uh, the iPhone a little bit here. And uh, the reason that we're doing that is because if you want to use your smartphone as a tool in the workplace, you're probably going to need to be able to access it, whether that be visually or non-visually. And so it's going to benefit us to know a little bit about the accessibility tools that are built into the phones. Now, we are going to be uh, talking about iPhone here, but um, most of these things are going to be applicable to Androids as well. So do bear that uh, in mind. And we do have a short video that we're going to be looking at, which is going to be uh, related to the low vision accessibility tools in, uh, um, in the iPhone. Um, so we're going to be checking out that video shortly. But um, first of all, I just want to say a little something, because I don't think we cover Siri in this video. Oh, good call. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Siri is a really great tool for people with vision impairment to access their phones. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, Siri is the voice assistant built into the iPhone. And essentially, you can ask Siri to do many things. So if you're familiar with Alexa, for example, it's a similar kind of experience, but built into the iPhone. You can ask Siri to do many different things for you. Um, for example, she can call people for you. She can send text messages for you. She can open apps. She can, uh, you can create calendar appointments. She can tell you what's on the yeah. calendar. Um, timers, timers, alarms. alarms. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so many, many different uh, things which are accessible through Siri. Now, generally at Vision Forward, we do like to train people to use uh, you know, Siri and also be able to do things via the touchscreen because you can't necessarily rely on Siri 100%. You know, if you're in a noisy environment, she might not uh, listen. Uh, probably, or, or, or yeah. if you're Apple, you yeah. might decide to just break some of the functionality, <laughs> which we uh, just noticed happened recently. So uh, previously, you were able to check your voicemails with Siri. You could check your missed calls with Siri. You could send emails with Siri. And some of that stuff isn't working at the yeah. moment. And uh, it seems to be in a, an iOS uh, update, which may have nixed some of those functions. Yeah. Um, but. Um, but yeah, it's uh, some of that stuff just isn't working. And as we mentioned, you know, we're mentioning Siri can do this as well on Android. The Google Assistant mm -hmm. can do all of the exact same things that we just mentioned with Siri. So obviously, the terminology and the technology is a little different, but basically the end result is the same whichever platform you're on. Now, when we say that, though, you do have to be a little careful because if you buy an iPhone, you know basically what you're going to get. Yeah. If you buy a new iPhone, you're going to get the latest version of the Apple, uh, Apple operating system. 
phone, which is called iOS. And if you, uh, you know, have that phone for a few years, you're going to be able to keep on updating that operating system. Mm -hmm. And you know that you're going to be having all of the same features as everybody else, right? Because everybody is going to be running that same operating system. Now, with Android, it's a little bit different because there are many different tiers of Android phone. And so Google make the operating system. Other manufacturers make the actual phones yeah. themselves. And uh, with that, we get different price tiers. So you could pick up an Android phone for $100, or you could pick up an Android phone for $1,000. And the features of the operating system are likely to differ um, you know, between those, those two uh, kind of price points. So you have to be a little bit wary. If you are thinking about getting an Android device because it's significantly cheaper, I understand completely where you're coming mm -hmm. from. Uh, but at the same time, you need to make sure that the accessibility features that you want not only are present but also work uh, properly. You yeah, know? With, yeah. You know, with those less expensive phones, you deal with you know uh, not as powerful, yes. and so you can find. Uh, I've had touchscreen issues on some of the less expensive Android phones yeah, totally. where you're trying to do gestures and they're not coming across. So I think you're absolutely right that 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 you get what you pay for really does come kind of comes through on, on Android devices. Yeah, so we, we tend to prefer Apple just because of the predictability. Um, but a lot of people like Android as well. Yeah. But just be just be uh, somewhat cognizant of, uh, of you know, the potential pitfalls there. Um, somebody here says um, uh, that they like my accent. Excellent. Oh, yeah. yeah so uh, they want to know where I originate from. This is from uh, Keetra and uh, England is the place. Well, either England or maybe I'm just faking my accent, but I'm going to let you decide. Yeah, you'll have to actually tune in in two weeks for our next Tech Talk see live how and see if there. the accent is still, or maybe it's a completely different one. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, um, so uh, that's enough of our kind of introduction. We're going to take a look at some of the low vision accessibility features of the iPhone in a short video here. And then we're going to take a, do a short live demo of VoiceOver, which mm -hmm. is the, uh, the iPhone screen reader. So let's uh, go ahead and jump into the live into the video first of all here. In accessibility, we have all of the accessibility options which are available to people with disabilities. And some of those uh, are going to be specific to vision. Those will actually be the first ones in the list. So we'll go into display and text size. And here we have a number of options which will affect things throughout our phone. For example, bold text will make the text on the phone uh, bolder. Um, larger text, which is probably one of the ones that we're going to be most uh, interested in, is going to uh, enlarge the size of the font on our phone. And it will do things like change the size of the text in the menus, but also change the size of text message text and things like that. Let's go ahead and turn it on here. So I'm going to go turn on the larger accessibility sizes. That allows me to use a slider at the bottom to adjust the size of text. And we can see instantly that the size of the text in this menu has become much larger. If I go back to look at the same menu that we were just in, all of that is larger now. Anyway, that's display and text size. I just wanted to have a brief look at that. But we're mainly going to be looking at zoom here. So let's go into zoom. What we're going to be most interested in here are making sure that zoom is turned on. And then we're also going to be looking at the zoom controller and the zoom region. Now, by default, the zoom region is set to window zoom, and we'll take a look at that. I think full screen zoom is probably better in most cases, but by default, it does seem to be set to window zoom. So let's take a look at that first of all. All right, so it tells us at the top of this menu what zoom does uh, and how to work it. So it says double tap three fingers to zoom, drag three fingers to move around the screen, 
double tap three fingers and drag to change zoom. Let's take a look at how that works in practice. I'm gonna go out to the home screen here. Okay, I'm gonna take three fingers and we're gonna double tap on the screen, one, two. And now, because I've got it set to this window zoom, I have this magnification window on the screen. Now the tricky part with this is you have to touch in a specific place which is bottom center in order to be able to drag this magnification window around. And it can be hard to find the place to put your finger on to drag the lens around. So that's why I prefer full screen zoom. Uh, but the nice thing about the window zoom is you do, you do keep a perspective of the whole screen and you can, it's almost like moving a magnifying glass over the window, uh, over the screen. So we did two uh, taps with three fingers to turn it on. Same again to turn it off, three fingers, double tap, and off it goes. Now changing the magnification is the tricky part with this. Some people have difficulty with this particular gesture. What we have to do is tap twice with three fingers, but on the second tap, we leave the fingers on the screen and push them either up to zoom in or down to zoom out. Let's give that a try. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna zoom out first of all. So double tap and we'll zoom out. Now we go at zero magnification. Let's double tap and zoom in. Here we go. We can see that that is magnifying double tap and zoom out by dragging down. Oops, didn't quite get it that time. There we go. And we'll change it from window zoom to full screen zoom. Let's see what that looks like. So we'll double tap to turn on, uh, with three fingers to turn on the magnification here. This time we've zoomed in the entire screen. Now whenever you do this, the field of view is going to be reduced. So the amount that you can see on the screen will be reduced. And so that necessitates us now panning or moving around the screen and to do that we still use the three fingers and we just put them on the screen and drag them around and that will allow us to move up and down left and right. Now all of that stuff is great but it can be tricky as I had said for some people to get the hang of and in that case it can be beneficial to use the zoom controller instead. Let's take a look at that. We're going to go into the settings menu here and we're gonna to go to our, our Zoom uh, menu within accessibility. And we'll find this option called Zoom Controller. So the Zoom Controller is this circular icon on my screen. And I can drag it around by holding, oops, by putting my finger on it and just moving it, just like with an app or anything like that that you're dragging around. And you can just leave it anywhere on your screen, anywhere that's convenient for you. Now what we can do with this controller is actually a few different things. We can use it to zoom in and zoom out rather than using that three finger gesture, which we looked at before. We can also use it to uh, have text read aloud to us. And we can also use it um, to invert colors and things like that. So at the moment I've got it set to single tap, speak on touch, double tap, zoom in and out, and uh, triple tap, show the menu. Let's take a look at some of these things. I'm gonna go back out to my home screen here. So the single tap was speak on touch. Now this is a really neat feature that I looked at in another video. And uh, let me just make sure my volume is turned up a bit here. So we can tap on the controller once. And now anything we tap on will be read aloud to us. So for example, if I tap on a, an app on the home screen, books, and it was read aloud to us. This will work for any text. So it could be a text message, it could be an email. Uh, you know, various things like that, uh, text on a web page. So a really powerful and easy way to have text read aloud to you. Now let's do the double tap, one, two, and we zoomed in. 
and uh, that was exactly the same as using that three finger double tap but this is just one finger so it's easier but you do have to tap on the controller so you've got to be able to see where the controller is double tap again we'll zoom out Let's zoom in again now the other cool thing about this is when we zoom in with the controller we can use the controller as kind of a joystick so rather than using three fingers and panning around on the screen which can be difficult and also when you're doing that your fingers cover the screen which makes it difficult to see what you're looking for. When we have the controller turned on we can use it like a joystick so we put our finger on it and then we, we move our finger uh, to the left or down or up or right and it will pan around the screen and we're just using one finger to do this rather than the three fingers and uh, so I think this is a very nice way to pan around as long as you can see where the controller is that is and get your finger on it. Uh, so that's all very nice to zoom out again double tap with one finger on the controller and we've gone ahead and zoomed out uh, so yeah nice easy way to zoom in and pan around I think let's check out the triple tap now so we're going to open the menu with a triple tap on the controller one two three and here we have a menu now the top option is zoom in we already have that set to double tap but we could do it here in the menu as well and if we do then that will change to zoom out and then we can zoom out using that as well we can uh, select to choose region, that would be whether we want our full screen zoom or our window zoom. So we can very quickly change between those at any time, which is nice. We can also choose a filter, so we could invert the colors, for example. And now everything on my phone is inverted. This works particularly well with areas of black and white, because those will be inverted, so white will become black, black will become white, which can be useful in some circumstances. Put that to no. We can also choose to hide the controller. And finally at the bottom here we have a slider that we can use to adjust the magnification level and so uh, that's definitely very useful. Uh, that allows us to change the magnification level without having to use that difficult three finger double tap and hold and slide and all of that kind of business that we looked at to begin with. Alright, so that was a short video on some low vision accessibility built into the iPhone and it's, it's pretty uh, comprehensive, I would say. Um, there's uh, quite a lot of nice features there. Um, it's, I, we didn't cover everything in that video because, I mean, there's, there's even more stuff, but I think we covered the main options and you'll see that there's magnification features as well as um, text-to-speech features as well. Um, you can also do things like inverting colors and uh, things like that too. The other thing you can't do, which I find a little disappointing, is you can go to a zoomed view of the home screen, mm -hmm. right? So you can have like a normal view or a zoomed view, but um, beyond that, like, you can't customize how zoomed that view is. You know what I mean? Like, what if I just want two apps per page? You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Just like having yeah, yeah. them really big, you know? Yeah, um, you yeah. can't really do that at the moment, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, so, a um, couple of things in the chat here. Oh, and bearing in mind, sorry, um, that was all low vision accessibility. We're going to jump over to blindness accessibility shortly. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of things in the chat. Uh, Avi um, asks what specific place I'm from in England. I don't want to dwell too much on my, uh, <laughs> my English heritage in this, in this uh, presentation, but I am from uh, Yorkshire is the county, and the town is called Osset. Um, so that's that. Morgan mm -hmm. asks whether Androids have similar options, and Marie says that the Pixel 4 has similar uh, features in settings 
accessibility. Yes, Androids do have similar options. I would say both Androids and iPhones are very good for accessibility. But um, with the caveat, like I said at the, uh, before we went into the video, that with the Androids, you have to be careful which phone you're buying, because the cheaper phones won't necessarily have all of the accessibility features. Or be, yeah. if they do have them, they might not work particularly well. I have found, in my opinion, I have found that um, going with the Google branded, the Pixel, as uh, uh, did you say Maria? What yeah, uh, Marie, Marie. Marie, yeah. As Marie mentioned, mm -hmm. going with the Pixel, uh, I think the 4A or I think the 5 might have just been announced as well, too. That's always a safe bet because you're getting a clean install of Android. It's not, um, it's not been changed by other manufacturers, and you're always getting the latest and greatest. Uh, operating system on mm -hmm. it. The other option that I found to be really good is Samsung devices yes, too, the yeah. Galaxy line. Mm -hmm. um, they do a little bit of their own accessibility uh, mm -hmm. that they add on top of Android. And actually in a lot of ways it enhances uh, the experience. So yeah. I, I found that the, the those are the two brands I typically recommend. That sounds like a great recommendation. Although with Samsung, you have to be a bit careful because they do make the lower price phones they do. as well. So usually stick with the Galaxy line and that's usually you're, yes, but you're right. Yes. You can, yep. uh, Jesse uh, makes a great point here. Mm -hmm. um, Jesse says that they like Android's magnification gestures because oh. you can use pinch to zoom. And yeah, I Absolutely. agree that Android really do do a lot better in that regard. So with Apple, as we saw in the video, we have to use the three-finger double tap. Oh, well, we can use the controller, right? We saw that. Yeah, but yeah. but uh, if you haven't got that turned on, we're using a three-finger double tap to zoom in and three fingers to pan. Now, I don't know about you guys, but three fingers on a touch screen isn't the easiest thing to manage mm -hmm. um, at the best of times. With Android, we can use a single finger to uh, magnify and then use pinch zoom to make larger and make smaller. Now, Apple did somewhat uh, make it easier on their side by adding the zoom controller, as we saw in the video. So um, there is there are, there are options uh, there. Yeah, but... I will agree, though. I, I prefer Android's one finger triple tap and pinch and two finger pan to be easier to do. Um, without the controller for, yeah. on the iOS yeah. side. But. Yeah, and uh, Jesse goes on to say that iOS 15's per app gestures are very nice for low vision uh, accessibility yeah. options like invert and smart invert. And uh, there's also a dark reader extension for Safari, the web browser there. So uh, so yeah, I mean, generally, I would Thank say you. accessibility is starting to get very good uh, on a lot of computer uh, devices these yeah. days. Yeah. All right, Corey, did you want to uh, yeah. show us uh, voiceover? So, yep, okay. so Luke was, was highlighting and focusing on uh, accessibility accessibility options for people who are visually impaired. And I want to focus quickly on how to use the phone if you are blind or have no usable vision like myself. Um, again, both platforms, Android and iPhone, provide uh, what we call a screen reader, where basically we are doing text-to-speech. So anything that's on the screen that we interact with will be uh, turned into audio speech so that we know what we're doing. We're gonna be demoing VoiceOver, which is the screen reader on iOS. TalkBack is the screen reader on Android. And you'll find if you're familiar or start to dive into these, you'll find that the gestures are actually pretty similar. So the gestures I'm gonna to demonstrate today and the concepts I'm gonna show will actually carry over to Android as well. There's really not a huge difference there. So First and foremost, we uh, need to make sure that VoiceOver is turned on and all of your accessibility features are found in settings and then accessibility and then you'll see headings 
uh, that are broken down by disability to, uh, uh, category, vision is up at the top. Quickly, Corey, if you buy a new iPhone, yes, okay, can can you set that up as a person who's blind? Yeah, uh, you know, so yes, and here's a, actually a little side question that I'm going to bring in just a moment, but absolutely, any Apple device that you purchase can be set up 100% independently with no uh, usable vision. If you are using an iPhone, depending on your model, you're going to triple tap either the home button or the side Siri button. If your device does not have a home button, Apple TV, you can triple press the menu button. Same with the uh, Apple Watch and Mac and so forth. So putting uh, hitting that triple tap will turn on voiceover for you right away. But nice. I don't think low vision is built in out of the box. Hmm. As far as I know, it does not give you... I, I might ask you if you want the display zoomed. Where's he, as he's setting it up? It's kind remember. of farther on when it asks you what display type you want. So I just yeah. realized that if you're low vision, you might have a little more uh, struggle getting it set up. Yeah. But once we have voiceover turned on, basically it changes the way we interact with the phone. So rather than uh, you touching each app and it opening up right away, as we touch an app with voiceover, it will speak it out instead. So let's do a quick demo so that you understand how utilizing voiceover will help you use other apps. So we're going to start our phone here. And everyone's going to hear our passcode, I think. That's okay. Unless anybody jumps in and comes to Milwaukee. There could be somebody in the lobby as we speak, just waiting for the opportunity. That's true. So I've got my phone unlocked here. I'm at the home screen. You're not seeing anything visually right now because we're relying strictly on our ears to use voiceover. I can't see the screen, so you can't see it either. <laughs> so what happens here with voiceover is as I place a finger on the screen, it's going to speak whatever is under my finger. FaceTime, double tap to open. We also heard a little hint there. We can have hints turned on so that voiceover will tell us how to interact with whatever we land on. So the first way is, uh, is explore by touch, taking one finger, placing it on the screen, and just sliding your finger around, and each time you move over something new, voiceover will speak it out. FaceTime, mail, note clock, 10, calendar, photos, maps. So I'm just moving around the screen, and each thing I touch is spoken out loud. The other way we can navigate is with the flick or swipe gesture. And this is almost like flicking a little piece of dust off of the screen. You're just going to use one finger and you want your finger to be going across the screen from left to right or right to left. But you want your finger touching the screen as it's moving across. You don't want to touch then move. You want your finger hitting the screen as it's swiping across the screen. I was just screen. going to bring that up because a, co a common um, mistake that people make when they first start learning how to use the screen reader is to touch the screen first mm -hmm. just to kind of make sure that they're on the screen. Yeah. But the problem with touching the screen is it's actually going to refocus um, the screen reader. So you've got yep. to be doing the gesture as you kind of hit the screen. I recommend holding your phone either in, in one hand so that you can use that hand to feel both edges so that you can then aim your your swipe so that you're not touching the screen first because yeah. you're absolutely right you typ typically people want to touch first mm -hmm. make sure they know where they are yeah so as i move uh and swipe it's going to move me top to bottom left to right so if i start up in the top left corner on facetime facetime and i swipe right tap calendar it goes over first to day. calendar September swipe 30th. again photos there's the next one Double swipe again open. camera 
Now I'm on camera. That's in open. the top right corner. The iPhone has four apps going across the, the each row. And so now that I'm on the far right, if I swipe right again, what it's going to do is move down to the next row and move me back to the left. So I'm moving top to bottom, left to right. Mail. No unread emails. And I can continue Double swiping and moving. And we're going to swipe until we find messages real quick. Clock. Ten. Maps. Weather. So Reminders. Through. Notes. Stocks. News. Books. App Store. Podcasts. TV. Oh, we got Health. a lot on here. Uh -huh. We're almost Settings. there, though. Page one of two. Doc. Nope. Phone. Now we're in our doc, so we're Double down in that bottom open. row, and let's find messages. Safari. Messages. There it is. Hey. We're going to now... to open. VoiceOver gave us the hint right away, double tap to open. So we're going to take one finger and we're going to double tap that screen. And we want to do it quickly enough so that it recognizes it as two taps. So tap, tap. Messages. Edit. Open. And we've now opened up the Messages app. I can swipe right. And let's just find a message in here real quick if we have one. Compose. Button. Messages. Heading. And I'm just, each swipe right is just moving me from element to element so i can just continue to move through this app and not miss anything search search field dictate button almost there conversations there we go corey ballard hello how are you today i sure hope your presentation is going well oh that's so nice of past me sent me <laughs> sent future me a text so i can double tap on this to open Messages. the conversation Hello. And How are you today? now I can easily bring up the keyboard. Delivered. So let's see Heading if we can level, find camera, button, the message apps, visible, field. Message. There it I is. Message. We'll double tap. Text field. Opens up our message. keyboard. Text field. And at this point, I can either just touch with one finger and move around the normal QWERTY keyboard, or I can use dictation to go ahead and dictate my message. And uh, I would like to point out as well, a useful tip for when you're learning voiceover is oftentimes, if not always, with, uh, with iPhone apps, the most important things for the app are located in the corners. Yes. Um, so get, getting used to just feeling in the top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right corners is uh, is a nice way just to get an idea of kind of the most important things. For example, you know, you might uh, if you're in the uh, in the email app, you might find the send button is located in the top right. I don't actually know if it is. Is it, is it uh, with email? It is. Yes, with email, but yeah. not with messages. Not with yes. messages. Yes, 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 yes. Right Which is a bit on the right, but yeah, it's a bit confusing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, you might find a send button. You very, very often find a back button in the top left corner, yep. and then the, the bottom right and the bottom left uh, will also have important uh, features as well. So yep. I think that's worth bearing in mind. And it's really important. A lot of times people ask, which mode should I use, Explore by Touch or the Flick Gesture? And the answer is both. Mm. It depends what you're doing. If you know where something is, like for example, if you know your phone app is in the bottom left corner, well, don't flick, just touch down in the bottom left corner. Yep. But if you open an app that you've not used before, or you know that a control is kind of hidden in the middle of the screen, rather than trying to move around, move around, try to find it, just swipe, 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 swipe until you land on where it is. So it's a, a combination of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these two pieces of, of accessibility that we've demonstrated now allow you to use other apps. And that's really why we're here today is to talk mm -hmm. about some other apps that can be beneficial to people in the workplace and at home. Now, there are so many different apps and so many different uses that it's really impossible for us to highlight everything mm -hmm. or even choose something that might be re uh, relevant to you because everybody's job and everybody's life is different. But what I recommend 
is sticking with us, paying attention, and I guarantee that you may, well, not guarantee, I guarantee that, that you may. may. <laughs> That's very I started out super confident <laughs> and then started trying. I guarantee that you will learn something new and, 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 and what I always tell people is think outside the box. Even though we show an app today doing, uh, let's say, reading a piece of mail, mm. think to yourself, oh, well, I'm not reading mail, but I'm at work and I have memos to read, or I have signs outside of offices. The same concept will carry over. So think about how these technologies and these apps can help you in your life. Yes, indeed. So the first one we're going to look at today, we also wanted to highlight, uh, we're highlighting three apps today, and we want to make sure that we did ones that were cross-platform, that were both Android and uh, were uh, iOS. Mm -hmm. The first one we're looking at today is called SuperSense. Now, the reason we chose SuperSense is because there is really an app that I think should be on everybody's phone, and it's called Seeing AI. Yes. Seeing AI is iOS or iPhone only. But it provides you, it's completely free, and it provides you with a number of different features that are super, super helpful. But a lot of people are aware of seeing AI, so we didn't want to cover that today, and it's only iPhone only. So we're instead focusing on SuperSense today, that is iPhone and Android, and has a lot of the same features that uh, seeing AI provides, but in a little different way, and, and adding some of their own flavor and some of their own features that, that you may not see in seeing AI. Indeed. There's also a, another app that's very similar too called Envision AI. Mm. I think it's called Envision AI, or it's they may it. have just changed it to Envision at mm. this point. Mm. But it's a very similar app to SuperSense and Seeing AI. But in my opinion, it's the top three apps uh, to provide you access to your environment. Now that could be printed documents, that could be little pieces of paper, that uh, little, little printed documents you want to quickly read, it could be a full document, it could be learning about your environment, who's around you, what's around you, where things are located. These apps can, can provide that to you. Although we will find in our SuperSense video, I think, that sometimes they don't work exactly as you are hoping. They do. You know, yeah. every app's a little bit different. Each user's different. The environment, how bright your lights are, what your contrast is, right? If you're trying to read a, a, a document that's on white paper and it's on a white table, mm -hmm. that's not very good contrast. And sometimes the phone can struggle with that. Yes. So we're going to dive into a video right now uh, demonstrating SuperSense and how its ability to do short text reading and document reading. But just, again, remember that there are other options like Seeing AI and Envision that work similar as well. Uh, just before we go into that yeah. video, very quickly, uh, Morgan says that even on Android, uh, they have to uh, go to the phone store to uh, uh, help them with the setup you know, in terms of the low vision accessibility stuff. So sure. that is kind of a shame. And uh, it would be nice to see some improvements in that area. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, uh, on to the movie. Let's check it out. In today's Tech Talk, we are taking a look at an iOS and Android app called SuperSense. First, we're going to go ahead and launch the app. Open SuperSense. Smart menu SuperSense. When we launch the app, the first feature that we go right into is their smart scan feature. Now, this is a pretty cool idea uh, in the way they've implemented it. What they've done is they've taken some of their uh, more basic, uh, uh, some of uh, their different reading features, such as the quick read, the document, and currency read, and they've put it all into one mode called smart scan. And what that does is that AI will then decide what you're trying to do if you're just quickly reading a piece of, of, of paper or, or identifying a product 
or if you're trying to read a full document or currency, it's gonna automatically de detect what you're doing and switch to that mode and do it for you. So because we're in the read mode, and as I mentioned, we come right into that smart scan, let's give the smart scan a quick try with a document here. We're gonna do quick read. So I've got a document in front of me here and we're just gonna hold our camera up pointed at the text and we'll see what it tells us. Nah, EY. The Red Heel 3 winners will be able to S1 and the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of oppression. Now, let's go ahead and check out one of the other read functions here. And to do that, we're going to tap in the bottom right corner uh, down to where our features are. Select feature, smart scan is active button. And I'm gonna go ahead and double tap there. Smart scan, premium feature. And it's opened up some options here. Again, we are in smart scan mode, which, which takes some of the uh, read functions, the quick read, the document, the currency, and puts it into one. But we can go and just use each of them separately on their own. So let's check out document. Quick read, document read. There we premium go, and we'll go feature. ahead and double tap. Stop button. Okay, so it's in document mode now. I've again had a little issues getting the document piece to work correctly for me. Again, it could be user error, but uh, I'm following the instructions. It seems to take a picture uh, on its own when it wants to, and, and a lot of times it's just uh, maybe the top right corner. But let's give it a shot here and see if we get, get some good results here. I'm gonna hold the phone up uh, about a foot or so, 18 inches above the uh, document in the center. Again, using that back camera, and let's see what we get one inch toward yourself move one inch to the left okay so I'll move to the move left one inch toward yourself towards myself move one inch toward yourself move one inch toward yourself move one inch toward yourself processing so let's take a look at what we got here in our results. So I'm gonna swipe right with voiceover. We get an invert background, so that's great. We can go ahead and switch it to a black background with white text. Increase font size. We can also adjust our, our font size as well. Decrease font size button, beginning of the document. Here we go, so let's swipe to the right again. Hill and N and the crooked shall be eviled and all. Go back to the south with of the mountain of despair a stone of rant besides in the reading function uh features besides the quick read and the document we can also do a multi-page document so if you've got more than one uh, document that you need to ocr you can go into that mode as well and then the last mode uh, uh the second to last mode is also currency we're going to show that in just a moment and then there's also the, the ability to import a PDF or an image so that SuperSense can perform OCR on that file and provide you access to any text that's there. All right, so there was uh, SuperSense. And we only showed a couple of the features because of uh, time constraints. But you can see the full video at uh, youtube.com forward slash InFocus Technology. And uh, it's a pretty useful app. But as you may have heard in the video, we did have some issues getting it to operate exactly uh, as uh, I also as heard advertised. something else in the video. Too. Yeah, there's, for some reason in that video, we chose the worst possible music. Hold on, hold on. don't say we. Sorry, I, I chose the worst possible music imaginable. So I would like to apologize. And played it through the whole video. Played it through the whole video. So I apologize. Uh, if anybody is a big fan of uh, flutes, then maybe you enjoyed yeah. it. Um, but yeah. Super Sense, you know, it also, one of the things a couple of things we didn't show was the currency. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that I said at the end there that I want to highlight, especially in the workplace, is the ability to import PDF documents. So if mm -hmm. you get a PDF emailed to you um, that is inaccessible, 
you can, with both Seeing AI, uh, InVision, and SuperSense, you can import that PDF and have uh, that app do OCR, optical character recognition, where it's basically scanning that and giving you access to that uh, that uh, uh, PDF that was not accessible. Yes. So also in the workplace, very cool. But yep. just think about how you could quickly read business cards, memos, agendas. Uh, they're, they're, I, I use these apps really on a daily basis. A couple of uh, things in the comments here. Melinda says that uh, she likes the video, but the music in the background is a bit loud and distracting to those with dual sensory loss. Melinda, we 100% agree with you, and I don't know what I was thinking on the day <laughs> that I edited that video. Uh, must have been a, a, moment of, uh, a moment of madness, but uh, thank you for that. And Deb says, can we spell the Envision app? Is there a number in the store? Now, Deb, you actually spelled it correctly in the comment that you made. So it's E-N and then Vision. And um, there, there is, I think it's, if you do Envision AI, I believe you should be the find best it, yeah. way. Let, yeah. uh, we're gonna take a little break in a moment and we'll mm. look up the, the actual, um, um, the current name, the current of the name and we'll yes. make sure it ends up in the chat. Here there are also you. Envision glasses where you can they get are. Google yeah. uh, smart glasses with the app built into them, uh, which is kind of cool. Sadly, I have not had a chance to try yeah. those yet. But. but I think that's a good transition into the last two apps I want to highlight today, and that's using uh, visual interpreter services. Mm. And so what visual interpreting services are is basically you're connecting to a person a live person who has access, can see through your back camera and has audio so you can talk back and forth with them. And this allows you to then point your camera at something and ask a question. What color is this shirt? What's on the front of the, this shirt? Uh, what are the cooking instructions for this uh, food I have here? Um, I've just walked up to a building. Can you? Uh, can I get instructions on finding the elevator? Anytime that you need to borrow a pair of eyes, as I typically like to say, yeah. the visual interpreter service can can step in and do that. There's two we're going to highlight today: Ira, A I R A, mm -hmm. and another app called Be My Eyes. The quick difference between the two is that Ira is a paid service, although there are some options to use it for free but it is uh, a paid service typically, and you're connecting with a live agent who has been trained to work with individuals who are blind and visually impaired. They also have a lot of information about you that you've given, where Be My Eyes is strictly volunteer-based. Sighted individuals get download the app, decide to be a volunteer. People who are blind and visually impaired download the app, they connect to one of these volunteers and ask quick questions. Be My Eyes is more geared to just getting a quick answer to something. You don't want to keep them on the phone for, you know, a long time because they're a volunteer. And they're also more for those quick tasks. If I'm going to be looking for directions somewhere, needing assistance to the elevator or something, I typically like to choose Ira because they're trained to work with people who are blind and visually impaired. So the directions are a little bit better, but both services work really well. We're gonna take a look at a video showing how both of these work more just uh, for the identification uh, of, of things. But again, just think about having access to a pair of eyes right through your phone, how that could provide you with information that you need. Yeah, and uh, just before that, we do have a number of uh, things in the, in the comments, but we'll get to those after we've watched the video here. Perfect. Yeah. 
So let's take a look at how we can use IRA and that live agent to identify products for us. We've got our IRA app open. We're going to go ahead and touch the call IRA uh, button dead center of our app. Call arrow for free from phone button. We'll double tap. Call arrow for free. Connecting agent to an agent. Calling agent. Connecting to an agent. <laughs> Steven. Duration, zero hours, zero minutes. Thanks for calling Ira. This is Steven. What would you like to do today? Hey, Steven, I was wondering if you could just tell me what this product is. Yeah, definitely. If you want to go ahead and rotate it for me, it's currently showing the nutrition fact side. So if you keep on rotating, I'll let you know when to stop. And if you pause here, this is a whipped frosting buttercream. Awesome. I've got one more question for you. This one might be a little bit hard to find. Can we see if there's an expiration date that you can see? Yeah, if you want to bring it a little bit closer to the camera, I could skim along as you rotate to see if I could find any uh, expiration at the moment. So if you keep rotating... So this is nutrition, if you keep going. No, I didn't see anything along the sides. If you want to show me the bottom. All right, looks like it's down here. For a clearer look, um, actually, I can make it out here. It's November 26, uh, 2017. Hmm, I probably shouldn't eat this then, huh? Probably not. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate your help. Have a great one. You as well, Corey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We've got our Be My Eyes app open. We have got our product we need to identify. So we're going to go ahead and touch that uh, request first available volunteer. It's right in the center of our screen. Call first available volunteer button. We'll double tap. Call first available using rear camera. And by default, remember, it's using our rear camera. As soon as a volunteer connects, we'll be able to talk to them. Still trying to find the first available volunteer connected. Hi, this is Corey. Hi, Corey. Can you hear me? I sure can. He I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, this is Molly. Hey, Molly. I just had a quick question for you. I was wondering if you could tell me what product this is. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. That is um, whipped frosting, but if you can turn it a little bit, I can see the front of it. It's like a Duncan Hines. Oh. Betty Crocker whipped frosting and yeah, just says buttercream. looks like a vanilla. Just the buttercream. Butter awesome. Frosting. I've got one more question for you. If you don't mind, Molly, can you see on the Absolutely. bottom here? Can you see the expiration date? Might be hard to see though. It's kind of blurry. Um, can you move it over? I don't know if it's your right or my right. How about this direction? Other direction. You got it. That'd be my left. Okay, thank you. Okay, <laughs> no it's kind of coming into, it's coming into to, to uh, focus here. Give me a second. November 2017. Awesome. I will not make a cake with this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about frosting if it's, you know, what its shelf life is, but yeah. Thanks, Mom. inspired for you. <laughs> I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. No problem. I'm happy to help. Have a great one. Bye-bye. 
Now that was some very lovely people, wasn't it? Yeah, very yeah. two very good people. But you could see the difference between Ira and Be My Eyes. The Be mm. My Eyes, although she was a very helpful and I got the information I needed, there was a little kind of, not miscommunication, but, you know, which there was one point where she said, turn it, but doesn't tell you which way to turn it. And then another time where she's not sure which way to turn it. Those are kind of some of the things where Ira has been trained to, to give a little better instruction. But on the flip side, Be My Eyes is completely free and there's no cost. That's what, what it's called. You get what you pay for. Yeah, both apps yeah. are uh, important to have on your phone. And that's really the, the, the important thing uh, here today is that, you know, the more apps that you can have on your phone, the more tools you can have in your toolbox, the better you're going to be because you'll have those tools available when you need them. Mm, I think you have a couple of questions we need before yeah, we wrap up today, we're, right? we're about to wrap up here because, uh, quite frankly, we need a little bit of break before we move into the next uh, hour. Um, but uh, let's uh, get through some of these chat comments here. Perfect. Um, so, Deb, uh, to answer your question, you do want to look for Envision AI. So, E-N-Vision. AI, that's going to be the app that you want. Perfect. Uh, Melinda says that the flute music was maybe me wanting to show off my Yorkshire roots. Oh, there not you sure go. how popular flute music is in Yorkshire, <laughs> to be honest with you, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, Keitra, um, yes, says that. Uh, yeah, Keitra says that they're enjoying our funny statements. That, that must be a first for us. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, glad to hear that. It. Uh, Jesse, everyone should also have voice stream reader slash scanner. Absolutely. Agreed. Awesome app. And uh, if you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash in focus technology, you will find a number of other awesome apps, including, um, voice, re including voice, voice stream reader, reader and, yeah. uh, and scanner. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Morgan, are these apps, SuperSense and Envision, only accessed through internet connections? Wonderful question. SuperSense yes. has been created to work locally on the device. No internet connections needed. Yep. Envision AI, it is needed. Seeing AI, it depends on which channel or which feature mm -hmm. you're using. Mm -hmm. does, uh, does Seeing AI's OCR use internet? I don't the remember. document does, document I believe. Does, yeah. The scan, uh, quick reading does not. Which makes me wonder why if we had less luck with SuperSense because it's not connecting to the internet. Might be, maybe, might maybe, be, maybe, it's maybe, not, maybe. yeah. Um, okay, other comments here quickly. Um, Kitra says, uh, great examples with Ira and Be My Eyes. Thank you very much. You. Um, Abby says that Ira does have a reduced program for vets at 400 minutes per month. Uh, if you need more minutes, uh, it's not stated. Uh, yeah. Okay, so thank you for that. Yeah. And Svetlana uh, says, Be My Eyes is available in countries where Ira does not exist. That's awesome point. Awesome yeah. point, yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. All right, uh, we need to wrap there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the first hour. And we do hope that you will stick around for the second hour when we will be having a chat with some lovely people about uh, assistive technology. We are going to transition into our break time now. It will be around 10 minutes. Uh, there will be some great music playing oh, yeah. uh, in the meantime. And uh, then we will see you all hopefully at around 11 o'clock. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us for the first hour. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to Tech Talk Live, a resource produced by Vision Forward. Low vision and blindness technology, tips, tricks, and information presented in a way that makes sense. And now, here are your hosts, Corey and Lou. Hello. You may recognize us. From the, uh, um, just uh, 10 minutes ago. I hit the wrong button. I cut, I cut the music off too quickly. Well, never mind. And nobody would have known. Hello, everybody. Uh, Long time no see. 
To those of us, to, the, to those of us, that would be no. To those of you who uh, are, are joining us from the previous hour, welcome back. I'm happy you stayed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but for those happy. of you who are uh, joining us uh, newly, welcome to Tech Talk Live slash Vision Connections. It's a bit of a, a special event today. We've been sure. going since ten, and we will be going up until maybe around one. Yeah, uh, probably about how there. things go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you for joining us to all our regulars and anybody new to the show. And we do have a special show today because we are being joined, hopefully, by two guests. But uh, I'm not sure. Let me just check uh, Zoom here. Oh, yes, yes. It looks like everybody is present and correct. Now, um, let's see here. Who should we introduce first? Why don't uh, both of you race to, uh, to, uh, to be the first to say hello here? After Over three, here we go. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Game on. Oh, <laughs> Peter comes uh, in. I had to turn oh, on good. my microphone. It's not uh, fair. Yeah, good try. Right. I'm sorry, Peter. So, uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter, if you would like to introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are, that would be wonderful. Well, I don't. I thought it was we were racing to introduce ourselves, and all I said was "game on" to throw off the game. So, did That's I actually win actually, the game? Yeah. So maybe Sam actually it worked. Won? Yes. <laughs> no, it worked. It worked. <laughs> I uh, thanks so much, Luke. My name is Peter Tusik. I am the director of strategic partnerships here at Humanware. Uh, I am totally blind, and I am a Braille user and user of all things technology. And I know that's kind of why we're here today. Um, so yeah. I'll probably be taking off my Humanware hat, doing a lot of a lot of talking about uh, tech. And I'm in the city of Chicago, so I'm just a little bit south of you and Corey, Indeed. Luke. Excellent. So and the other thing is, I did bring my autumnal jokes to this now. We've party. had you. We've had you do some jokes off mic, off Zoom. Yes. Past, uh, that, are those the ones you want me to bring? No, no. That's okay. that's why I'm, we were thinking we might just skip that whole joke hour corner because I'm a little nervous. But maybe we'll pass it to you in a moment. Let's see if we can. See I what love happens. it. Well, thanks for having me. We are, we're, we're in a gambling mood. Why yes, not? <laughs> um, Sam, uh, would you like to introduce yourself now to our guests? Yes. Hello, everyone. My, my name is Sam Seavey. I am an assistive technology program coordinator at a nonprofit, which I'm actually in my office right now. I'm not Excellent. in my usual setup at home, uh, but um, I am a low vision user uh, of all, all things tech. And uh, I probably most people know me from my YouTube channel, The Blind Life. Indeed, indeed. Very popular YouTube channel. And uh, there's lots of reviews of assistive technology and general talk about uh, low vision uh, topics and blindness topics as well on there. So definitely, yeah. if anybody has not checked that out, then please go to YouTube and, uh, and, and find it. Uh, but I'm guessing probably most people are aware of it. I literally get people like from all over the country calling me and saying, I saw a video on The Blind Life. I'm like, yes, of course you did. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. You did. Um, oh, Kitra <laughs> says that laughter is the best medicine. Excellent. Yes, well, indeed. You have. Yes. You're going to be full of medicine by the end of this show. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are being joined today by Sam and Peter because we're going to be talking assistive technology, and both of these guys know their assistive technology. And uh, the basic idea is to discuss uh, assistive technology that has been useful to Corey, to Sam, and to Peter. I'm going to be kind of moderating because I am sighted, so I'm uh, not. Too really uh, yeah. you know, so qualified to, to speak on this necessarily. Um, but yeah, we have two people who are blind and one person with, uh, with low vision. So I think we're covering the spectrum here. Yeah, and I think what, you know, our, our goal is to really show how assistive technology, and it, again, it can be high-tech items, which a lot of times get a lot of attention, right? Because they're kind of cool sure, and fun sure. to talk about. Mm -hmm. But we're also, uh, you know, I want us to talk about low-tech items as well, too, because 
so many times, you know, when you need to do something, you, there's no reason to build a robot to do it when you could simply put a bump dot uh, on your microwave. Very true. Well um, said. So, so yep. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about both here. And, and, and it'll be, I think, you know, not, uh, not we're not going to get super technical. Really, we're focusing on how technology has changed our life, how it's created possibilities for us allowed us to pursue profession, per, uh, personal, have a family, all that good stuff. Awesome. Okay, so uh, before we jump in, just uh, for those who were not at the uh, start of the, the session today at 10, oh, yeah. um, do please feel free to type questions or comments into the chat. We love getting uh, all of those things, all the Q&A, and we will read them out as we go. So if you have questions for any of the panelists or if you have anything to, uh, to, to interject, then please feel free to do so. And uh, for Peter and Sam, uh, we are going um, to, I guess, probably kind of take things in turn. So we'll, we'll ask questions. We'll go uh, person by person, but if anybody wants to butt in and uh, give their two cents on anything, then obviously that's fine as well. We're going to be pretty casual, I think, today. Um, so, uh, yeah, before we do that, though, let's... I, oh, I'm slightly that, trepidatious yeah, about this, let's but... Let's give them a chance. Yeah, so normally, uh, at the top of Tech Talk, normally... Let me get my hand normally, on the mute button. Okay, good idea. <laughs> at the top of Tech you Talk, need, normally, no, you, you we need a, do you need a, have a you joke. You need a dump button, not a mute button. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, very <laughs> true. the difference. Oh, yeah, very true. So very uh, true. We, we do normally have a joke at the top of Tech Talk, and we would like to continue that tradition. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, Corey and I did not come equipped with any jokes. Very busy today. I mean, we're handling... Yes, it's been a busy day. There's a lot of things going yeah, on. So sure. we have decided, Peter did, uh, did um, put forward that he had some jokes. Okay. And so we've decided to take a risk and let Peter tell us at least one of his jokes here. Uh, so, and also we do, I should say, we also do encourage uh, jokes in the chat as well. So if oh, you yeah. have a joke, please put it in. But uh, OK, Peter, autumnal jokes. Let's autumnal go. Autumnal jokes. So I did mm -hmm. come prepared. I've, I've had the privilege of joining you guys uh, before. Mm -hmm. And I was so just so enthralled with my performance, I had to come back. So <laughs> that's really the only reason. That's the only reason why I said yes. I thought I was just here to tell jokes. But uh, <laughs> I mean, the, that would be the, fine too. <laughs> the, the first one is, and and this will will lead with this because it's perfect. How do you fix a broken pumpkin? How do you fix a broken pumpkin? Uh, what do you do? Yeah, you do carve a jack-o'-lantern with a pumpkin. Anybody in the chat know? Please, yeah, uh, please put it in there. How do you fix a broken? Well, uh, let's say uh, I'm, I'm going to go with super glue. All right. Well, is that your? That's what you got? That's what I got, Corey. It is. What do you have? You have what do you got, Corey? No, no, no. I, I'll go. Uh, yeah, I'll go super glue. Yeah, good call. Okay. Well, you, Sam, you fix... oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Sam, Sam, Sam? any uh, any ideas on how to fix Sam? a broken Come pumpkin? Come on, man. I, I, I think I've heard this before, but I can't remember. So go okay. ahead, let us know. Well, right. I wish my eight-month-old was two or three years old because she would get this and like this joke. But you fix a broken pumpkin with a yep. pumpkin patch. Uh, that is Come the perfect on, joke guys. for tech. That is life. awful. Um, uh, hold on a second. Bad. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. There, there it is. Yes. Yes. Right. That's appropriate. Game on. <laughs> Uh, it's a 50% chance which button you're going to hit because we forget which yeah, button. I actually had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> well, when I let me just button. say, believe me, I have more autumnal jokes. Believe me. This is going to be a long, long yeah. session here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sam, uh, do, Sam, do you have any joke you want to share before we... No, I don't. I don't. I don't okay. think I could follow that. Okay. No, I agree. Okay. After that, we probably should just move straight yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, we should just actually end this whole day, really. But. There you go, there you go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's well, um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I think, uh, oh, Margarita says, so what if I don't know what apocalypse means? It's not the end of the world. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. I really feel like we should have a separate breakout we show where we just whole, tell jokes. We can do a whole tech talk. We have a whole hour of yeah. just these. What you should we do have... is just compile all of the jokes that have been told oh, yeah. into one feature feature special. You yeah, know? that's like yeah. Yeah. I take a break with like a, yeah. We'd have no viewers, but you know, we'd enjoy it. So. All right, everybody. Well, we're here to talk tech and. I was wondering, if anybody doesn't feel comfortable about this, uh, then that's totally fine. But I was wondering if maybe we should start off by, uh, by you guys maybe giving a bit of information about your vision loss, when Makes it sense. kicked in, uh, what kind of vision you do have, and so on and so forth. So um, if everybody's cool with that, fine. If not, then just let us know when we get around to you. But we'll sure. start off this question with, why not start with, let's start with Sam here. OK, yeah. Um... I usually don't talk about myself in public, but I guess I could this time. Oh, right. um, I was <laughs> born, uh, well, I have Stargardt's disease is my vision impairment. It's uh, basically early onset macular degeneration. Uh, I kicked in when I was around age 11 and um, my sister has it as well. So both the kids in the family, they both have it. And a slow progression, Thankfully, slow progression. My current acuity is probably right around 2,400 in my left eye was my good eye, 2,800 in my, my right. Um, very large blind spots, scotomas. Uh, so no central vision, only peripheral. Um, and really bad night vision, I guess you could say as well. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. And Sam, um, I know that you work in uh, assistive technology. How long have you been uh, kind of working in the field or even more, like how long have you been interested in assistive technology? So officially in the field since 2016. Okay. Um, but, you know, I've been an AT user growing up with low vision, been an assistant or AT user since I was in middle school, really. Right. Uh, back in the old days with the, the Aladdin you know, the, the one Aladdin in the library of the school that I could go down and use every now and then. Um, yeah, yeah. Four, four sided tape players and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and thanks, thankfully things have uh, improved somewhat since then. Oh yeah, it's a little uh, yes. better now. It's a little better, <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, excellent. Now uh, let's move on to Peter. Peter, if you uh, would like to tell us something about your vision. Yeah, so I have a form of Lieber's, uh, Lieber's congenital amaurosis. So LCA, it's a, a hereditary eye condition. So I was born um, with somewhat a teeny bit more usable vision than I have now. I have no usable vision. Uh, I have light perception, uh, but I'm a, I'm a braille reader. I have been blind essentially my whole life um, with a tad teeny, teeny, tiny bit of usable vision as a very, very young child. But, um, you know, I, I've been a user of not braille technology. So when I was in, in the 90s, there was an advent of the first sort of commercially produced Braille displays. Braille displays have been around since the 80s, but I've been a refreshable Braille user since the 90s, used kind of the first note-taking pieces, um, and, and of course, have also used lots of talking products growing up. So I've always been a user of assistive technology. I never thought under any world that I would uh, <laughs> work in assistive technology, sure. um, but fortunately, I have been uh, in the field for the last seven years, which started at the Chicago Lighthouse, where I met my friend Luke Scriven. Mm -hmm. I heard of that guy. Um, <laughs> we worked together for a year or more, actually a couple of years. I worked in a lot of call centers. You know, I was very much um, needing vocational experience, and I got that by working in a myriad of jobs. I've also worked as a mentor for children, um, done a lot of things around the Chicagoland area, and then found my way to humanware and have done tons of travel um, and really been able to, you know, go into lots of educational accounts, do a lot of work with. Uh, those who are newer to vision loss, as well as those who have been, like myself, blind their whole lives, or 
individuals who are you know going to be working or, or assisting family members with vision loss so i've kind of gotten all sides of it um, working in the schools working as an actual with an at company as well as uh being blind myself so awesome. it's it's been fun and it continues to it continues to advance and i just continue to pull on my skill set every day and that's why i love these these sorts of talks because there are so many unique perspectives out there mm -hmm. sam and corey and i can surely agree on lots of things but we also have different methods for solving problems and i think that's what we'll hear about today so it's fantastic awesome okay and uh, corey how about yourself so uh, i lost my vision due to detached retinas uh when i was about started when i was about 11 12 years old uh, there's about a year period where uh, it started in my left eye uh, and I still remember going to my local doctor and, and at that point my retina was detached about three-fourths I couldn't see anything <laughs> at all and so he's like can you see the big E I'm like no I can't see anything he's like well all right time to refer you <laughs> to the big city of Milwaukee <laughs> um, and so about that over that year period uh, both retinas detached in both eyes I had a dozen surgeries or so and was sort of left with the vision I have today it's been pretty stable over the uh, over the last 30 some years my left eye is completely black. I have no vision at all. Right eye, I have light and color perception. I usually tell people, it's sort of like looking through frosted glass. I can kind of tell that something's there, but I can't make out any detail whatsoever. So I can't tell if it's, uh, you know, what that is. But I think it's, you know, the other thing that's really important too is, is all three of us were talking about our levels of vision. You know, each person's level of vision is so different, but man, each, whatever little bit you have, is just so important to you. And, and, and I know I use it on a daily basis. I remember going to an eye doctor, just a local ophthalmologist, because I had some, my vision was, was getting a little weird in my better eye. And I remember him saying to me, well, you just have light perception, so it's really not a big deal. And I still, man, I've never forgot that statement <laughs> because it, you know, to him it wasn't a big deal, yeah, but yeah. that light perception to me was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Um, before I lost my, my vision, I really never used technology at all. Uh, never touched a computer, didn't really know anything about computers. After I lost my vision, realized that technology was going to be the way that I moved forward and dove into it. So I've been a user of technology since the late 90s. And I've been working here at Vision Forward. This January will be 17 years I've wow. been here. Um, yeah, and I started out doing um, a bunch of different stuff. Uh, but I've been doing uh, assistive technology training for probably the last five or six years now and have moved sort of into IT as well, too. So so I think we can say we've got quite a lot of experience here. Yeah. And uh, like Peter was saying, some different perspectives on uh, technology, hopefully, as well. Um, so what I want to go to next then, I guess, is um, just memories of like the first like types of technology that you guys started <laughs> using, you know, uh, what that was like compared to stuff that's available now, maybe sure. um, just kind of first memories or what it was like, you know, having to start to engage with these technologies that maybe other people, you know, in the class, um, you know, weren't uh, weren't having to use and stuff. Oh, Let's throw true. that one out to uh, to Peter to begin with here. So it's it's a great question because as you know we we've seen technology move forward uh, in general just at this breakneck speed and a lot of yeah, times I, really. I talk about the half life concept right what used to take ten years to develop took five years took two and a half years took nine months we're seeing things just on such a rapid pace but when I started you know a lot of my introduction to technology was thanks to the American Printing House for the Blind and thanks to tech, uh, those sorts of pieces that were distributed in in the educational setting so. 
uh, Sam had mentioned the four-track tape player, everyone's favorite old way to consume content. And I was just reading the NLS, the National Library Service, uh, was using LPs as far back as the 1930s oh my God. Um, to wow. distribute That's audiobooks. Amazing. And they didn't really become used until the 40s or 50s by the, the mainstream public. Mm-hmm. But I got a lot of content from the National Library Service. Um, to this day, we work very closely with the National Library Service. And, you know, it, um, a lot of that stuff, so that the that sort of technology, those pieces, the the old Apple IIe, right? The the original sort of text-to-speech engines that were mass-produced and, and kind of out there, you know, it, it was it was one of those things, and you had to get used to being uh, being that person who yeah, would yeah. be exposed to something like this. You know, when you're sitting in the class, <laughs> and it's, uh, everyone's kind of laughing at you and thinking it's <laughs> it's it's crazy. But you know, we we've we've come so far even in that regard, just of working with human-sounding natural speech. Um, you know, f- having having all of these pieces in companies now, multiple companies, whether it's Humanware or Vespero, or or you can you can pick several companies that are making technology products that are really advanced from those original days. But back when I was learning, a product like a Braille note taker existed for one reason, and that is that we could not use computers, we could not mm-hmm. use word processors, we could not use um, many you know sort of mainstream products. Whereas today we've seen the iPhone you know, products off the shelf, built mm-hmm. usable out of the box uh, for, for a blind user or, or for somebody with low vision. And those things sort of didn't exist. When I started, it was all assistive technology. And now we're seeing a melding or a, a blending of the, the products into one. And there still is a use for that no tech or low tech. The Braille writer is still very important. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing how to use a slate and stylus is still crucial. It's great to know. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to learn how to handwrite. I, I mean, those sorts of things are still very important. But I, I think today we're seeing such a blending from where it was when I began to use assistive technology. And I think that uh, we can all agree, or we would all agree here, that that is a really positive step forward to have these mainstream technologies be accessible out of the box. You know, like you can get an iPhone and you can go ahead and set it up yourself um, without needing sighted assistance. And you can get a computer and it's got accessibility built right in there. I think that's so important. As well as for helping your family and friends or parents or or somebody you don't even know, right? Being able to assist somebody who is not visually impaired in some way um, that's been huge and, and it's the same is true in education where we can hand a product to an IT person and say you know what this doesn't have to intimidate you anymore IT yeah. person yeah. you can just yeah. turn off accessibility and here you go so mm-hmm. it's it's been awesome and that's kind of been my my experience as, as I've gone through in like a two two and a half minute overview yeah, nice. Okay, uh, I want to throw the same question to you, Sam, but just before we do, I did notice we had a second joke in chat, which I totally missed before. Oh, okay. It says, uh, from Jason, this is, it says, need an arc to save two of every animal? I know a guy. There we go. Um, and also, Douglas asks what my vision is. Douglas, I'm sighted, which is why I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of facilitating this conversation and not, uh, not doing but, anything but else But your here. perspective is just... Well, maybe not just as important. I don't well, think it's just. I it's think it is valid, though, Luke. Though. I mean, yeah. what when you first came because you you were in a you know a, a, a dispensing optician. I mean, when you came yeah. into this field, you didn't have a ton of experience with this stuff, and you've seen this change in the last decade. Yeah, I um, so I've been working in the field for the last ten years since I moved to uh, America, and uh, I was an optician in the UK. When I moved here, I started 
Uh, I, I really wanted to work in low vision, and I managed to get a volunteer position at the Chicago Lighthouse and then kind of parlay that into a, into a career. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, just in my kind of brief experience, uh, you know, 10 years isn't that long, really. Um, but just during that time, uh, it's been amazing to see how much the assistive technology field has changed. Um, there seems to be kind of new uh, innovations, you know, happening on a regular basis. Um, there is, uh, you know, seems to be a good deal of investment and a lot more accessibility into mainstream devices. And it seems to improve every year. So um, I certainly feel kind of, um, you know, blessed to be working in the field, um, you know, just because it seems like a really valuable thing to, to be able to get people back up and running with their lives where, you know, they may have lost the ability to do things due to, due to vision impairment. Yeah. So, um, but that's all I want to say about me because I think these other guys have got some better, better stories to tell. So uh, with that being said, Sam, um, uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a bit about uh, as you started to lose your vision, what types of technologies you engaged with. Um, I, I'm kind of interested as well in how it felt, you know, um, to have to start engaging with those things that maybe your sighted peers, you know, weren't uh, and, and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, as I said, I was 11 years old when I started losing my sight, um, which was 86. And um, to date myself, uh, yeah. there, but <laughs> I guess, thankfully, I guess I could say, luckily, with with Stargards anyways, it's a very slow progression. Right. Um, so it wasn't like I needed to start using stuff right away. Um, it wasn't really until my, um, you know, late teens uh, in high school, things like that, that I was using middle school and high school that I was using technology. And uh, I'm low vision, so it was mainly magnification. In fact, mm -hmm. I still mainly am using magnification. Uh, magnification, high contrast, things like that. So as I mentioned before, we had an Aladdin, which is a giant old CRT television, CCTV, um, mechanical focus. I mean, mm -hmm. it had a little, has little pulleys and stuff. So just, uh, just to interject very briefly there, it's amazing that you still find Aladdins in the wild today and they, they, and they still work. I've got I one right they there. Must have, <laughs> they must have sold hundreds of thousands of Aladdin. Uh, yeah, we, seriously. We, 10 years ago, we had previously owned CCTVs here, and the whole basement was just all Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin, yeah. Aladdin, Rainbow, Aladdin, Rainbow, Aladdin. It was just amazing. Because yeah, they're, awesome. they're tanks. They will last yeah. forever. Yeah, exactly. we've got one over there, uh, just kind of as a, as a, as a, a bit of a um, museum area. Nice. Um, but, and then, the not really electronic or anything, but... Um, monoculars of course mm -hmm. whenever you're low vision going through school they say okay we're going to sit you in the front row here's a monocular here's some large print books um here's that four-sided um, tape player so you can record your lectures and that's it that's that's what you get here's a magnifier right um so that's basically what i had um, don't magnifier for you oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so it's it as as Peter was saying, as you guys are all saying, it's, it's it's insane how far it's come since then, and and just even within the last decade or twenty years, um, it's it's crazy. And I would argue that a lot of the the consumer electronics that we have today are a direct result of the accessibility that they built back way back then you know sure. you could you could argue that the amazon echo the google nest home hub um all of these digital assistants that we love probably originated from you know text-to-speech and the in the old um yeah. kurzweil days and things like that so it, it's nice and as as luke said it's nice that they you can take now you can take 
consumer electronics and adapt mm -hmm. them into assistive devices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of the VR headsets, wearable devices now. It's not necessarily bringing down the cost, which you think it would, but um, <laughs> I guess not it is yet. in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's still, it's nice that they can take that pre-existing technology and look at other ways to utilize it for the, the community. Yes, totally, yeah. And I think um, it's important to bear in mind with this stuff that um, there's a very high percentage of people that throughout the lifespan will have a disability, right? So oh, yeah. we're, not, we're not just talking about people like yourselves who have um, you know, vision loss and you know, that's, that's what you have and that's the way it's gonna be, right? But at any point, somebody could uh, you know, have an injury which you know, prevents them from doing something or have some kind of cognitive issue or whatever, right? Um, so anybody, a lot of people uh, will have a disability going forward. And I think that the awareness of that is a lot greater now and therefore there's a lot more emphasis placed on accessibility in general. Um, and I, I think that's a really great thing. For sure. Yeah. If I can um, interject real quick. Sure, sure. There's a there's a uh, a very popular disabled comic. I don't remember his name right now. Jonathan maybe, but he's on America's Got Talent right now. Uh, he has I think he has cerebral palsy, but he he has a, in one of his standups he talks about the disabled community is the largest minority group on the planet. Wow. And it's the only minority group that you could join at any point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he said exactly. he says you're you're only one bad bike ride away from joining our group. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And because of that, everybody, you know, should be aware of this stuff, but it, it tends to be you don't become aware of it until it happens well, to you, you know. Yeah, so. I mean that was transition you know, if, if you're gonna ask me the same question as those two, I mean that was me, you know, yeah, when I, yeah. I was a I was a sighted individual. And within a couple of weeks, basically had lost uh, most of, if not all of my vision. And we had no idea, you know, living in a small town, we, we yeah. there was no resources. My school district never had somebody who was visually impaired at all. So I was the first person. So, you know, they brought in an orientation and mobility and a vision specialist. She did both. And I still remember sitting in my IEP and them saying, well, computers will probably be important, but... The prices are going to go down in a little bit. Let's wait. And so, I remember saying at, you know, uh, probably 12, 13 years old, they're always going to go down. Yeah, you mean, yeah, you'll wait forever. No, yeah, I need yeah. a computer now. And so I remember getting my first laptop <laughs> computer. It uh, would have been in 94, I think. I was a freshman in high school. So I'm just starting out high school blind. You know, that starting high school alone is, is tough. But yeah, totally. Doing it blind. So I remember getting this laptop and having to take it from class to class. And I remember that the laptop itself wasn't all that big, but the battery was ginormous. <laughs> and it would t fill up my entire desk. It probably only went for like it two hours barely, before it went barely made the cl one class, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, I had an external speech synthesizer that had to be connected via a serial port and oh headphones. Gosh. And, you know, and, 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 but, man, was that, was, was, I don't want to use a bad pun, but, man, was that eye-opening, like that first opportunity to type in a word word perfect document or microsoft word and have it read back to me like that just blew my mind and it just opened up so much opportunity and you know you asked the question about like how you felt sort of yeah you know, totally yeah. man you, you know nowadays sitting in a computer sitting in a, a class with a laptop is no big deal mm -hmm. back then there's no question i stood out right yeah. i had this humongous laptop I also walked around the school with a cane. Nobody did that. So I had all these things that really made me stand out and it was really tough. I, I remember putting a Grateful Dead sticker on my cane to try to cool, <laughs> cool it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it was 
I, I, I remember kind of sitting in my room at night going, my, you know, this really stinks. I got to carry all this stuff. I stand out. And I kind of had that moment. And then I had the next moment where it's like, but it allows me to do all of this stuff. Right, right. And that's what I kept trying to focus on mm-hmm. was all the things it was going to allow me to do on my own. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was, you know, it's not easy. For anyone losing their vision, it doesn't matter if you're in starting high school or you're 75 years old, losing your vision is a, is a, is a grieving process and there's a lot that you, that you deal with. And I kind of want to pick up on uh, some of those points in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we do have the, the chat's kind of kicking off a little bit here. So let's uh, see what's been going, going down here. So <laughs> Diane says, uh, I have AMD, uh, very confused about how to choose a product because there's so many oh, and sure. there's nowhere to go and compare to find out which is most helpful. Diane, yeah, um, I totally understand understand where you're coming from. Now, there are agencies across the U.S., such as Vision Forward, where we, you know, uh, are a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, Sam is at the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Um, is Bluegrass. that right, Sam? No, it's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Bluegrass Council. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, um, again, another agency where you can go to try out these different devices and have yeah. a specialist uh, sit down with you and find out what your goals are and how best to achieve those using the available technologies, whether, whether those are low-tech or high-tech. But I know that you know it's not always possible to get to a place like that. Now, there are a lot of online resources as well. So Sam has a, a, a YouTube channel called The Blind Life. Uh, we have a YouTube channel called InFocus Technology where we look at all these different devices, do reviews of them, talk about you know what they can do and how they can help. I know that's not always possible because you need access to a computer to do sure, that stuff, right? Sure. So um, you can always reach out to us as well, and I'll put our phone number and email in the chat, um, and uh, you know we would be happy to kind of discuss the available technologies and what might work for you. But yeah, there's a lot out there, and it can be confusing. Uh, what it's important to remember is a lot of these products are quite similar in terms of their features, so it's not as overwhelming as it might seem initially. Um, it's really just figuring out what your goals are, and then it's fairly easy to, to figure out what's going to help you with those. Yeah. Um, okay, other things in the chat here, we have um, uh, Kitra is wondering if we know of other people with vision loss who are not working and um, how we uh, encourage others to use technology to try and work in the community. Kitra, here at Vision Forward, we do um, see uh, people who are referred to us from uh, the state um, Department of Vocational Rehabilitation. She's actually referred some people to Oh, us. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you we know all about that. that. So, <laughs> so that's, um, yeah, I mean, uh, that... You know, that's the hard, uh, can, that can be a hard part in our training. And, and, yeah, and, sure, and Sam sure. and Peter, I, I guarantee you guys have, have faced the same thing where you're training an individual getting them prepped for work but they're not yet working and finding that that motivation of of what is going to get them prepped but also kind of uh spark some excitement to keep moving forward in things that they're like well i'm not doing i don't need that today um but you know it's that's the, that's a i guess that's the important piece of finding a good trainer and i kind of want to pick up on on that point uh, we do have some uh, some other comments here but let's get to those in a second um i i I wanted to talk about the fact that we don't have represented here people who are older who have lost their vision later in life. Sure. And that's a population that we very commonly work with. And um, the difficult part with that is um, everybody who has vision loss, I think, would go through the stages of 
of grieving, right? Mm -hmm. um, which you had mentioned, Corby. So you kind of grieve for your vision loss and you work through uh, those stages and hopefully come out the other side and you know um, you come to terms with it and are able to be successful in whatever you want to do. Uh, but people who lose their vision later in life, um, it's difficult because at that point they're, they're adults and you know they've been doing whatever they've been doing and now all of a sudden they've found their ability to do things has completely changed. Um, and they're going through those stages of grief you know, at uh, an older age. And I think that's, that's often tricky. Um, open this to the panel in general. Um, how have, what's your experiences been with working with, uh, with people who've lost their vision loss at an older age? And um, how have you found your ability to kind of help them through, through those stages of grieving? So I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and, you know, it, it's when we talk about vision loss and you, you do have, you have three very different stories here, right? You have um, myself who was born blind, right? I mean, I, I was, I was, uh, have been blind since I was born and, and I have not known sighted life. You have somebody who lost vision and still has some usable vision, right? In terms of Sam and, and having that. And then you have Corey who, who you know, will, will, who lost vision, doesn't have the usable vision. And, and is now a totally blind adult for all intents and purposes. And so when you, when you think about that, one of the challenges that we see and what I see consistently, whether I'm working with somebody who is 13 or 93, is the ability to find and locate resources uh, that will help with a lot of that sort of transition process. And I think it, it comes down to, I'm very fortunate. Being totally blind is actually not a bad thing because I am identified that way in general. People will know when I walk into a room that I'm totally blind. I have a cane or I, might, I may have a dog. Um, I may, you know, it, it's, it's easy to find. And there are plenty of organized blind movements out there that really are, are solid with relaying and conveying information. For somebody who's losing vision, the biggest challenge that I see consistently is locating those resources. Because the, the low vision community, vision loss is so unique and different, as we've just heard from all three of our stories. What I find is the low vision individual struggles tremendously, A, because they're not identified. Um, you know, Sam walks into a restaurant and says, well, what do you have, uh, you know, do you have any cheeseburgers here? And they'll be like, well, look at the menu, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or, or yeah, some, yeah. and it's, it's awful because, Sam, and this is where the low vision, the struggle is, is very, very real mm -hmm. in that, you know, identifying the, there's no organized, necessarily organized community to, to that extent because it's very localized. And so, you know, I, I do think if you are looking for tips and pointers and kind of easing into the, the learning about the resources and what's available to you through vision loss, and I know uh, Sam mentioned the Bluegrass Council of the Blind, but there are organized movements out there, whether it is the National Federation of the Blind, the American Council of the Blind, the American Federation of the Blind, and, and other resources that can help with connecting you not only with resources to, for you to deal with your vision loss, but to come and talk to others who are going through the same thing as you. And this is something, again, from a totally blind standpoint, we ha there are just tremendous amounts of guides and resources. And we don't see that as much in the populations who are newer to vision loss. We just don't see um, as much of an organized sort of movement. And it's, it's, it's disappointing because there are so many individuals who are losing vision or who are newer to vision loss, like Diane saying, I don't know what to do. Right. And that's, yeah. a, that's a challenge. We've got to find a, a better way, um, you know, or other ways of kind of integrating uh, the resource allocation. How do, we, how do we find those individuals? How do we help them? So I do think though, to anybody, I suggest if you're comfortable, if, if, if you're able to, 
accepting and kind of getting into some of those groups in your area because every state does have a chapter of an organized blind movement. And it doesn't mean you have to go to their meetings and wave their flag, but it can be a great way to have access to resources and at least um, to, to work with others who are going through similar experiences to what you're going through. Yeah, oftentimes just knowing that there's other people who are going through the same thing and being able to talk to them you know, about the struggles can be super useful. Um, and uh, agencies like ourselves do offer counseling as well, you know, and support groups to kind of uh, help people through those things. Yeah, I mean, and I've worked with so many individuals at the rehab level, at the VA level, um, and the edu- at the school, you know, elementary, middle, and high school level. And, and there is no blanket way of dealing with vision loss. Um, and I, and I do, but I do think you're absolutely right. One of the best ways is to build a community. And I was never a member of many organized blind movements. Um, but that was, you know, I, again, I, I was, uh, able to make friends and do different things and, and play in bands and get in and fit in and all this stuff. Eventually, it doesn't mean I didn't sit at home a lot and wonder why I didn't have friends, but I know it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous struggle sometimes just to be able to relate to others. Yeah. You know, you know I think that what you said, Peter, you know, the, the, the resources themselves and then the other piece of that puzzle too is actually accessing the resources. You know, I think yes. we're seeing more and more resources and we, we've even said it a couple of times today in, these, in this couple of hours. Go to our YouTube channel. Sam's got a great YouTube channel. Well, that's great yeah. if you can access a computer. Exactly. And there, you know, so I think that that's the piece too. Is people, uh, especially individuals who are losing their vision later in life, who may not have been big technology users throughout their life, are now faced with, well, all of the resources, a lot of the resources I need to um, access are are via technology. And how am I going to do that? And I guess, and I think it comes back then again to what we've said a few times already, what Peter is saying, finding a group that you can be a part of, tell, you telling Diane, find an organization like uh, Vision Forward or, or Bluegrass, where you can work with an individual who has been trained to, to help you through that process. And it may be more than just learning how to use a computer, right? Here at Vision Forward, we have a social worker, we have an orientation and mobility, we do cooking. So we have, you know, there are organizations then that have all of this, this wealth of knowledge. And here at Vision Forward, we say this all the time, we are the best kept secret in Wisconsin. So many people drive by our building, go, I didn't even know what you did there. Mm-hmm. That's, and I think so many organizations like us, we're waiting to help people. That's a good, <laughs> that was a good transition because Jason in the chat says that Voc Rehab services in each state are the best kept secret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Voc Rehab, for people who don't know, is, yep. is basically uh, you will have a, a Voc Rehab in each state. And as a person with a disability, Voc Rehab can help get you the training and the tools uh, that will get you back into the workforce. So Good for um, working age. Yeah, good for working age. individuals losing vision later in life yeah that becomes uh, yeah exactly sam um, i wanted to uh just pick your brain on something that both peter and i think corey um uh, brought up maybe which was to do with uh the low vision side of things so with peter and corey um you can tell that they are blind but um you know like i know i'm sorry (laughs) 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 are you paused like you're like i'm not sure i was like should i say this he was rethinking that he was was, was coming out of his mouth I I know both of these guys well, so uh, no no offense. But uh, Sam, um, for for a lot of low vision users, I think including yourself, uh, the the vision loss is more of an invisible uh, disability. And and Peter had you know had mentioned this. You might go into a restaurant, and you know people don't people don't know. Now you may be using your ID cane or uh, you know 
a mobility cane or something like that. Um, but what's been your experience with, with that kind of invisible disability side of things? Yeah, it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, I always say that I'm, I'm kind of riding the fence between the sighted world and the blind world, and I don't really fit in fully on either side. Um, and so that is the main reason I actually carry a cane. And it's, it is a, it's, it's more of a guide cane for me. Um, mm -hmm. I don't use it for mobility, but it's mostly for identification. It's and, and it's funny that you, you mentioned that going into the uh, the restaurant and asking about the menu, because that has literally happened to me before. Uh, they turn around like it's right there on the menu. Like, yeah, I know. And then I have to go into that whole explanation. And yeah. but meanwhile, if I'm holding a cane, it solves that problem. Um, so, yeah, it's really it's really tough. And I, I deal with this all the time. Uh, the the majority of people we work with here at BCB are elderly. We don't actually work with kids. Um, so they're, they're people losing vision later in life. And we, like a lot of facilities, have a peer support group. And it's that very reason. It's, it's getting them together with others who are going through the same things that they, can, they are. Yeah. And they can start to kind of build that sense of community. And also, um, you know, talk with people who can relate to what they're going through and learn how to, how to navigate those waters. Um, I, I have appointments. I just had an appointment before I jumped on here. And that's always what I lead with when I'm talking about what we do. I always lead with peer support because technology is awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But if you can't, you've got to deal with the emotional side first and you've yeah, got to deal so with that. True. So true. And um, so I actually think our peer support is more important than our assistive technology program. But um, I also do the same thing. I, I talk a lot about um, how to handle, uh, as you said, that invisible disability and advocate for yourself. And, you know, if you go into, uh, you know, a sporting event or something or an amusement park and you need to be closer, well, you got to speak up because they're not going to be able to tell just by looking at you. Yes. So, you know, that once again, another uh time when the cane comes in very handy sure yeah totally yeah i just you know i just had an experience last night i uh, just a quick little thing mm -hmm. my i had a bunch of junk building up in my garage because we just moved and did a bunch of we're doing a bunch of work anyways uh we had a, a junk guy coming and i told my wife i'm like ah oh, man I, this, these situations always make me uncomfortable new person coming to the house mm -hmm. i gotta go out and meet him tell him what i need and then i then he's gonna say oh do you want this and then i gotta say well i'm blind what is that oh man right, I, I just, right, every right. time it yeah. drives me nuts yeah so I, I i tried something new last night and it's funny you're probably gonna say like you idiot it took you this long to to figure this out but yesterday when he came i just grabbed my cane and came ah, out outside smart. with my cane now i'm in my own house so i don't usually i, I never use it yeah, yeah but i did yeah. and it Oh my gosh, it was so simple. He immediately knew I couldn't see. No no real uncomfortableness there of trying to figure out how to tell them or tell them after they ask a question and then they always say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah. So anyways, just you know, the I, same. I love that, Corey, because there's always such a difference. When I order food, I live on a, on a fire lane. You can't mm -hmm. drive down my street and it's very, it's gonna be difficult to find my house. When I'm outside with my cane versus when I'm, when I don't, you know, when I'm outside with my cane, no problem. Hey, how are you? Here's your yeah, food, it's yeah, no yeah. problem. I'm telling them, yeah. you know, I'm over here. When it's just me, they're yeah. like, well, am I supposed to get down here? I can't turn this way and do that. And why didn't you say this? And it's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. But it, but it is that I, that identity, you know, just that. And, and some people, and that, that's where it's very personal. Some people are very uncomfortable. 
you know, using an identity cane. I've, I have a sure. couple of friends who are very, very low vision and just will not. They just don't so want to do that. And, and I feel yeah. terrible. Yeah. I feel yeah. terrible mm -hmm. because they are and, and they're they're embarrassed and they're frustrated uh, a lot. But it still isn't somehow isn't enough to, you know, to warrant them wanting to use a, an identity cane when I when I do think it would help. And that's their choice. Right. I mean, it. But it's still it's it's super unfortunate because people uh, really can be can be pretty tough. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I want to uh, pick up on something that Sam was saying just quickly, and then read some uh, comments in the chat. Sam had mentioned about uh, get, kind of getting to terms with the emotional side of things mm -hmm. uh, is is really um, you know an important thing to do before the technology. Any training. Yeah, before any yeah. training, really. And yeah. I think that's a really good point um, because the person has to be in the right mental state to want to kind of progress with things and be willing to learn to do things in a different way, right? And um, if the individual is not at that point, then probably if you're doing training, it's going to go in one ear and out the other they're ear. They're not you know? open, right? Yeah, they're not open. They're they're, not they, open. Oftentimes, there's that, there's that period just for somebody who's lost vision where they're looking for miracles to restore their vision yeah. um, and you know at some point then an individual will usually realize okay the miracle's not there so I need to learn to do things in a different way but up until that point it can be very hard for them to want to take on board these new methods they need to, and I think that comes to back to no miracle glasses exactly yeah. <laughs> you know the, exactly. the support structures in place right I was very fortunate I have wonderful parents and it's not cliche when I say they really wanted me to do everything I was I was cleaning gutters I was mm. My you know, team. I had chores. Yeah. I was cleaning the cat box. I was emptying the dishwasher. All these things, and, and I was expected. Uh, ex expectations were created, and yeah. it can be very hard when somebody is in there. You know, when when your your grandmother or grandfather is losing their vision, to still have some expectations, or even for them, you know, for the individual to have expectations for themselves. Yeah. I would probably just send them up to clean the gutters at that point. That's we right. <laughs> we, you know, we, it's our. You see this with kids. When if you're a parent, you see this a lot. You, you know, it's. It, we want to help. We don't want to see people struggle. And you see that we talk about that here called pre-help, um, where you know people are so quick. What do you need help with? What do you need help? With? Yeah. Nothing. I'm literally just looking around. I really think the yeah. support structure from your child, if you're older and losing vision, or from your spouse, it, yes. it's just as important as your take on the situation because we read about it all the time. We re always read about that. I didn't think I would ever fill in the blank again, right? Walk again or this or that. But you know, so-and-so believed in me, which in turn allowed me to believe in myself. Nice. And and I think that can be related to many tasks with vision loss. And and the, the people around you um, will, will really influence that, so. All right, um, we are already running out of time, which is crazy. Let's get um, some technology. Yeah, no, I was just thinking that. We, we kind of went off the topic of technology, which is, which, which is fine, because okay, this discussion is really yeah, important. Um, but I do want to read some things in the chat here. So uh, Kenneth says, a note for blind veterans. The VA has uh, blind centers around the US where you can get free equipment and training. They do. Um, here they in a massive Colorado. one here in Illinois. It's, yeah, yeah exactly. they're, they're big, all over, big, yep. big blind center. Yep, in Palo Alto, he says it's the oh, Western uh, Blind Rehab Center. Yes. Um, Abby Birmingham. says uh, that their primary population is through the OIB, Older Individual Blind Grant. Okay. Uh, several people in facilities are left, and then with the loss, yeah, so so like people might go to assisted living or something like that. They feel like they've been abandoned, and then sure. if they're losing vision as well, it can be highly isolating, particularly with um, COVID at the moment. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. So um, it sounds like uh, Abby's doing great work, and he... Uh, or she, or I don't know actually, but they uh, have got their email address um, in the chat here. Okay. Um, if anybody would like that, it's it's Abby at p a c e c i l dot org. That's Abby A V I. 
Um, Diane says um, that um, wonders whether there's technology uh, agents that travel Wisconsin. Yes, I mean, there's agents for various, uh, there's kind of sales reps for various assistive technology companies who do travel and are able to do in-home demonstrations. Yeah. Um, so again, uh, Diane, I would, if you're interested in that, I would reach out to Vision Forward. I could maybe uh, put you in contact with some people. There also may be a referral, Diane, for uh, OBVI, Office for the Blind and Visually Impaired. That yes. is a state-run uh, organization here in Wisconsin, yeah. and they too travel uh, around the state as well too but depending depending when you're located or where you're located yeah. we may be able to help so yeah we'll give contact information but please give a call if we can't help you we'll get to you we'll get you to the people who can yes uh jason says have you uh, or sam reviewed ira i think both of us have done a video together we, yeah we, we did just, a we did a video together yes we yeah did, yes, and we, we talked did, about yeah, it in yeah. our last uh the 10 o'clock session yeah we did yeah, so uh, so the answer to that is yes uh yeah, douglas okay. i love this douglas says my cane is a symbol of my Freedom, That's not actually, my weakness. It's actually a really good statement. <laughs> awesome. Good. Like that. Very good, Douglas. I like that. Uh, Jason says, Texas Workforce Commission VR Services, that's vocational rehabilitation, will be the first VR agency in the country to have a uh, contract with IRA for staff and customer services. Oh, so cool. that's quite exciting. Uh, Kitcher says that uh, they're excited that Peter's family had high expectations of his abilities. My, you know, mine yeah. was the same. My, and yeah. I think mine came from mm -hmm. just not knowing. Like they they yeah. they didn't know any difference. So yeah. it was like yeah. no, go, go, there's yard work. I Get imagine I it. imagine for parents. Um, it could go either it's way. Gonna, yeah. You either decide to do everything for the child because you've decided they can't do anything for themselves, yeah. or you just say, well, you may you but, may be losing your vision, but get out there and know, do it. But you I know? also think, 100%, but I also am a firm believer in the, the person uh, ourselves. Yes. We yes, are yes. our own best advocate. And if we allow individuals to do stuff for us, mm -hmm. then we are allowing that dependence. Yes. Now, there is nothing wrong with people people doing things from you for you there are times where yes i could do something but it's going to take me two hours where i could have somebody with a pair of eyes do it for me in two minutes <laughs> i do this all the time this whole this whole discussion about independence is is you could do a whole hour on yeah, that too of, of what is considered independence but yeah. anyways the person asking is, for is help is a great sign of independence yeah <laughs> there you go and, yeah, and, and it, it's all about exposure and i know we'll talk about technology but exposure the more you are exposed to leads to your ability to problem solve mm -hmm. yeah, and exactly. and problem solving is ultimately independence That's if you break do it down into that I, mean, I, I talk <laughs> about this all the time yeah. to parents and and to, to anybody right exposure 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 what is you know what is a picket fence let's go touch it what is yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever it may be and then you're going to be able to problem solve because you have those experiences and then you're going to be able to to be more independent because of your ability to problem solve so very good. All right, uh, Svetlana says, I know some people with low vision who have been arrested on a suspicion of drug abuse oh, because sure. of their unsure walk and their non-focused eyes. That is awful. Wow. Uh, that is Jeez. really, really terrible. Um, okay, we only have five minutes left, um, so <laughs> let, let's try and sneak in a bit more technology here. What is your favorite? <laughs> that, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm not even joking. So What's we're the gonna, one thing that's changed your, your life or your okay. favorite? Or okay, I'm going to let you guys answer this as you will. And bear okay. in mind, we're kind of short on time. The okay. question is either what is your current favorite piece of technology and why, okay. or what has been the most important technology um, throughout your life. Let's, uh, we'll open that up with Corey because um, I don't think we've done that yet. So Corey. Oh, that's, oh my gosh. Um, and I think we're gonna leave out the cane 
uh, <laughs> although I would argue that that could probably be your biggest assistive technology tool. But we talked a lot about that, so we're going to leave that out. For me, I think uh, I'm going to say two because I just have to. Uh, for me, it has been the, a, a screen reader and the access to a computer. It allows me to do my job on a daily basis. It allows me to stay connected with friends and family. Allows me to pay bills. It allowed me to buy a house. It's it's done everything, and I think on top of that then would be the uh, the mobile device, the iPhone. I'm an iPhone user, mm -hmm. but I, I, it doesn't matter if we're saying iPhone, Android. The the introduction of screen reading technology to these devices. Now we've had access to these devices for many many years, other Symbian products and stuff. But off the shelf iPhone that had been that for me that has been a, a game changer. And I'm sure that's well. the same for a lot of people. I, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, let's go to Mr. Tusik. So I, I would I would say uh, both. I'll answer both questions. And, and the first is the screen reader, just like Corey said. And sure, I think sure. the reasoning is you know for the first time, especially if you take the last eighteen months, uh, so many services have gone remote right mm -hmm. when we're using screen reading technology and we're using the we finally have the ability as every other sighted person you can actually look at every product in the grocery store um, you can for the first time order any meal you want all the menus are accessible right mm -hmm. that has not happened to this point and we're seeing this in tremendous there there's more information available today than ever before in the screen reader whether it is jaws or nbda or voiceover on an iPhone gives us that ability to actually um, provide equal access. The other piece I would say from a working vocational standpoint, and I'm talking as a totally blind person, a refreshable Braille display, I would never be where I was without Braille. And the reasoning is I need to be able to read the world around me. An auditory will not do it. I do not read signs. I do not read t-shirts. I was born blind. I've never read the world around me. Braille gives me that ability. I can multitask. Um, I worked in a lot of call centers where I had to read scripts. Um, I worked in various environments where I'm taking notes or reading information. You know, think about the joke. I mean, I don't memorize those jokes. I read them on my Braille display um, and the spit them back out. out to you. Right. So, you know, it's, but, but again, having that is something that I can, I can rely on. So refreshable Braille technology gives me an, an added benefit of being able to read the world around me in addition to using those screen readers. So kind of two, twofold for me. And I know, Peter, that you've always been a, a big advocate of Braille, and um, particularly because it's uh, such a great tool for literacy, yes. you know, which is so important. Huge. So, we uh, need yeah. to develop good written communication skills as, as blind people. And oftentimes, yes. we're terrible spellers, and it's because we don't read the world around us enough. And we need mm -hmm. to, as great as auditory is, we mm -hmm. really need to be reading. Yeah, yeah, very good points. Um, a couple of comments I really like here. Douglas says, Viva la Jaws. <laughs> well, we're, we're screen reader agnostic here, so let's just say viva uh, the screen readers. Reader. There, there you go. go. And uh, Svetlana says, uh, Braille displays are the best. I can't imagine my life without them. That's so so cool. excellent. All right, Sam, over to you. Uh, either either or both of the questions. Or just make up your own. Or just make up your own question. Yeah, no, I would I echo the same thing that both of you guys said. Um, the computer and the, and the smartphone have really, it's probably the thing I use the most. It's just they, they, they handle so many different situations uh, in my daily life. Um, and I love that Corey said either because I'm both an iPhone and an Android <laughs> user. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm Android at heart, but I, I recognize the benefit of, of both platforms. Sure. Um, but, uh, and it, but as far as like magnification, I, I, I have a magnifier, a 12, 12x magnifier within reach at all times. Mm -hmm. um, mine's in my pocket right now. Uh, and then I, I work really well with the the wearables, the VR-style wearables. So Iris Vision, Patriot, um, Patriot uh, 
Good point. point. Yeah. Yeah. So um, those work really well for me, but I don't use them that often. But when I do, it's it's incredible. Uh, So and also real quickly to the the young lady, I think, Diane, who was asking about AMD um, and anyone else out there. I have a juvenile form of macular degeneration. So if you're watching my videos and it's working for me, there's a good chance, pretty better than better than average chance that it's going to work well for you, too. So uh, and I would say stay away from the marketing uh, or watch yeah, out for the yeah. marketing yeah. hype, yeah. especially yeah, with those uh, door-to-door salesmen that come. Yeah, that's very <laughs> true. It's important to speak to somebody who can be uh, who can be impartial, and that's where the nonprofits really come into their own. I think. Yeah, 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 your videos, yeah. my videos. That, that, yeah, you know, exactly. If you're thinking about purchasing a device, go on YouTube. If, you, if you're able to, go on YouTube and search for that device and, and try and watch some honest reviews. And have a family or friend help as well, too, yeah, if you exactly. don't have access to yeah. that computer. But you can get a lot yeah. of knowledge, absolutely. Yeah. Sam, uh, just, to, uh, just to make sure here, youtube.com forward slash The Blind Life. Does that sound about right? Correct. The okay, Blind Life. Even if you just account. Google The Blind Life, you'll find it. Yes, yes, Perfect. yes, you will. Um, okay, I would really love to keep on talking with you guys because yeah. this has been awesome. And I think um, the audience has really got a lot from it as well. Melissa says, thank you so much for sharing. It's been great to hear the personal stories. And Melissa says that they, are, um, they can't wait to view the recording with uh, their student. Um, to help the student build a view of his future. So that's right. that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, I think um, all of you you guys are really good evidence that uh, having, having vision loss does not mean the end of your life, the end of your career. It's an obstacle to overcome and with the right support and determination, you can do anything that you uh, wanna do. And I think you are all uh, very successful and just go to prove that point. So thank you everybody here, here. For, for joining us. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much. Yeah, 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 my pleasure. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, we can have you guys uh, back on the Tech Talk in the future. Do you need um, me to leave with a joke? All right. Uh, okay. Ra- okay. Wrap it up with a joke. <laughs> all right. Better be good, though. That's I'm just doing say. this because I might never be here again with my That's attitude. So take, I'm just, you know, well, you <laughs> might, depending on how this joke goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this one, this one really it took me a while to uh, to figure this one out, but uh, you know, because I'm I'm not the brightest. But why do trees have so much difficulty on tests? An autumnal theme. Why do trees, very autumn-like, why do trees have so much difficulty on this? Oh, because it's something to do with Fs or... Trunk, branch. Anybody in the chat know? Please let us know. Probably because they have no brains, Peter. Well, that would make it hard. Margarita says leaves keep on falling. No, no. Well, in the in the right. in the hopes of wrapping this up for everybody, because yes, yes, everyone's yes. got to eat lunch or you know mm-hmm. do what they need to do. We've got another session now. Yeah, yeah, we got. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's because they are yeah. stumped by all the questions. Oh, On that it's note, like, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. Yeah, <laughs> you got Sam, these from Alexa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these are these are Alexa sure jokes. All right, sure that was sure Peter's last words. Sam's yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's wrap it up, guys. We, uh, we need to keep much. on schedule here, but this has been truly awesome. And to everybody who is uh, who is here with us still, uh, please keep with us because uh, we are going to be going into a video. Yeah, just a um, in just a moment. Uh, first of all, uh, our YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash InFocus Technology, where you will find a number of videos on assistive technology devices and uh, you know general low vision and blindness topics. So please go and check that out uh, if you want to find out more about that. 
that. And uh, we're now going to move to a video about the uh, agency here, about Vision Forward. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, first of all, can you uh, do turn uh, uh, the mix off mix? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So we've, uh, for those individuals who are not familiar with Vision Forward and um, uh, and, and for Peter and, and Sam, feel free to drop off or, or, or hang on and watch the video. But um, for those that aren't familiar with Vision Forward, we, we just talked a lot about how important finding an organization, finding a peer group, finding a trainer is and, and how it really moves you forward. And that's what we focus here on uh, at here at Vision Forward. And so we wanted to create a video here that sort of highlights some of the feature, uh, some of the programs and services that we have developed for people moving through this journey of vision loss. Hang on, we're gonna watch the video. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit uh, and get ourselves prepped for some breakout sessions for some staff members. We're gonna talk about how you can access those breakout sessions as well. But first, let's watch a video on Vision Forward. Vision Forward, let's do it. We open to a first-person perspective of the walk-up to Vision Forward's front door. Hi, welcome to Vision Forward. I'm Corey Ballard, Director of Technology. Here at Vision Forward, our mission is to empower, educate, and enhance the lives of individuals impacted by vision loss through all of life's transitions. Join me as we take a tour through Vision Forward and see what services we have to offer. Let's start with our Technology and Education Center. Hi, this is Luke Scriven, and I'm an Assistive Technology Specialist here at Vision Forward. The Assistive Technology team is here to help you to achieve your technology goals, whether those be using a smartphone, accessing a computer, reading printed text, watching television, seeing the faces of your loved ones and friends, or whatever else it is that you might want to be able to do. There are many different types of assistive technology devices and softwares available, and we are here to help assess you and train you on whatever tools and devices might be appropriate to allow you to achieve your goals. Here on the table, we have a desktop electronic magnifier called the DaVinci. This has many different purposes, including magnification, contrast enhancement, and optical character recognition technology, which can read printed text aloud to you. It's quite simple to operate. Let me demonstrate now. In real life work, school and home environments, See firsthand the assistive technolo technology that allows people with vision loss to use computers. The DaVinci is just one of the pieces of technology available that can help you to achieve your goals. If you'd like to find out more, then please feel free to get in touch. Hi, I'm Susan Eggold, Retail and Outreach Manager at Vision Forward. Welcome to the Vision Forward store. I'm here today with Mary Lindemann, our store coordinator. Hello. Mary's the person that you'll connect with if you either stop by the store in person or if you give us a call. We are also available 24 hours a day with our online store. We carry a whole array of adaptive products and I have just a few that I want to show you today. We have a number of large print items. I have a large print planner calendar here with a lot of space to write things by each calendar date. We also have large print measuring cups and playing cards and a variety of other things as well. Many of our products have a talking feature. I have a talking clock here. It is 2.31 a.m. Not really that time, but you get the idea. 
Uh, many of our customers come looking for magnification devices. We have a wide variety of traditional magnifiers. Here's one example of a handheld magnifier. And there are many cutting edge electronic options now as well. I have a portable device here. It's magnifying the print that's below in our Vision Forward store catalog. And then you can see it on the screen. And with this particular device, we can use our fingers to zoom in and make the print larger. There are also a variety of new cutting edge wearable devices and desktop magnifiers. Vision loss is unique to each individual. We really are looking forward to the opportunity to connect with you to help figure out how we can meet your individual needs. So stop by, call, or visit us online today. Hi, my name is Rose Visser. I'm an occupational therapist and activities of daily living instructor here at Vision Forward Association. We provide activities of daily living training for adults with vision loss. Activities of daily living, or ADLs, are the tasks that all of us have to perform in some way or shape or form to get through our day. So everything from getting dressed in the morning, to brushing your teeth, to picking out your clothing and managing your medications, to cleaning your homes and eating and preparing food. Here at Vision Forward Association, we provide training in techniques and some tools that can make these tasks easier. I wanna show you just a few samples of some of the adaptive tools that we provide training in. First of all, getting dressed in the morning can be difficult again with vision loss. Picking out the right clothing and the right color of clothing can be tough, but there are some tools that can make this task easier. A color identifier is a great way to identify the color of your clothing. For this one, all you do is hold it against your clothing and press a button and it announces the color of your clothing. Black. So it announced black and this is my black shirt that I'm gonna wear for the day. We also train people on techniques that can make picking out your clothing a little bit easier as well. So maybe organizing your clothing in certain ways or putting other, some other sort of labels on the clothing item to make it easier to pick out. This tool is called the Pen Friend and it's an audio labeler. How this tool works is it comes with some special labels that you can place right on your item and record a message. You could record the name of the item. You could also record a description of the item or perhaps a recipe that's on a food package. Once you record that message on the little sticker that it comes with, all you do is touch the device to the label to listen to your recording. So this is a medication bottle that I recorded blood pressure medication on it. So now I know what's inside of that medication bottle. So it's a great tool for identifying any of your items around your home. Working in the kitchen can also be challenging with vision loss. So there are a number of techniques and tools that can make those kitchen related tasks a lot safer and easier for you. When you're cutting up some items, there are some great tools. A contrasting cutting board can make cutting a lot easier. This board is white on one side and black on the other. So if you already have some vision, this makes seeing your items that you're cutting a little bit easier. If you're cutting a white onion, for example, you would cut it against the black side. If you're cutting a red pepper or a green pepper, you would cut it against the white side to make seeing it a lot easier. Identifying your appliances can be a little bit challenging as well, but uh, there are some great tools to make identification of your microwave, your stove or your oven, dishwashers, any of those appliances a lot easier. 
Bump dots are a very simple tool that can make identification easier. Bump dots are raised stickers that you can feel, but they also come in bright contrasting colors that can make identification of your microwave keypad, again, the controls on your stove or oven a lot easier. So these are just a few examples of the many tools and, and techniques that can make identification of items and performing your activities of daily living a lot easier. Contact Vision Forward for more information about the training we provide. In addition to the services shared by our staff members, there are many other ways that Vision Forward can help. I'm Jackie Borchert, the Director of Operations. For those of you who may have some remaining vision, our low vision program can be very beneficial. We focus on helping you to maximize your remaining vision through magnification, lighting, contrast enhancement, and glare control. This can help individuals to be able to read printed material more easily, recognize faces, and accomplish many other everyday tasks. What really sets Vision Forward apart is that we are able to offer unique and individualized services. We help each person to be able to navigate their own vision loss and help them to address the goals that are most important to them. Finding your way in the community can be a challenge. We have a certified orientation mobility specialist who can help you to be able to learn how to effectively use a white cane, safely cross streets, and be able to get to places of interest in the community. Braille has many applications in everyday life and can be used for both labeling and organization and as a primary mode of communication. Finally, we offer a wide array of support services. Our master's degree social worker is able to connect with you individually to talk about your adjustment to vision loss and to address your goals moving forward. In addition, we have a variety of support groups that allow you to connect with others. Even if you aren't engaged in any of our other programs and services at Vision Forward, we encourage you to be a part of our support services. It's a really important way to make connections to others and to be able to talk about the experience of living with vision loss. Along with serving adults, Vision Forward also provides services to babies, toddlers, and school-aged children. We have an early intervention program that works directly with children and families to help them get the best possible start in life. We also have a specialized preschool program that helps children to learn the skills that they'll need in order to make a successful transition into school. In addition, we also provide a variety of fun social events for school-aged children where they can connect with others, practice their Braille skills, and even take on new challenges. We look forward to the opportunity to serve you or your loved one at Vision Forward. As you can tell, we have a team waiting here to help you or your loved one at home or professionally. We invite you to our website, vision-forward.org, where you'll find training videos, information, and more. You can also connect with us on social medias, including Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Just search for Vision Forward. I encourage you to email us at info at vision-forward.org or call us at 414-615-0100. We look forward to connecting with you. Vision Forward.